It's time for episode 489 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we saw our shadows, so there's six more weeks of tech news, and then it's all over. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, because we once again play Dungeons & Dragons on the Yay. internet together. It is the one and only Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I am doing great. My shadow was a little spooky, mm. uh, but I, I got past it. And uh, I'm excited to say, yes, we've got at least six more weeks of tech news. Uh, hopefully more, because I think we plan on going past six weeks, but we'll find out. But the only thing I don't like in my shadow is it's always following me around. All right. Well, this is, of course, the tech podcast where we invite two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. To my left this week, it is the co-host of many fine podcasts, including analog right here at relay fm and another show you might have heard about called the accidental tech podcast whatever it's casey list welcome back casey <laughs> hello the pleasure is as always all mine and to my left is the co-host of unsolicited fatties talk back and technically queer podcasts as well as atlassian admin at sonos it is the rich and mellifluous tones of brian guffey welcome back brian thank you so glad to be here as always all right, I'm going to kick it off. Microsoft is moving uh, into uh, moving artificial intelligence into search. My question for you is more about the search end of this. Have you found that your search experience, is it still good? Have you changed anything about the way that you look for things on the internet these days? Casey, let's start with you. So several years ago, it might even be like a decade ago now, I stumbled upon or was told about DuckDuckGo, and I have been a religious DuckDuckGo user for a long time now. And I think that's in no small part because of their bang operators, you know, so you can do a search in DuckDuckGo and you can either prefix or postfix, append, whatever. Anyway, I'm not an English person. That's why Dan's here. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can add at the end like uh, exclamation point G and it will automatically punch you to Google and do a Google search or exclamation point A for Amazon and so on and so forth. Uh, I do still quite like DuckDuckGo. It mostly works very, very well. I only have to fall back to Google, Google occasionally. That being said, um, they're definitely doing more and more of the above the fold advertising, which I don't love. And it is reasonably relevant, which is nice, but it's also kind of in the way, which I don't love. So I am sticking with DuckDuckGo for now, but with all the things that are happening with Bing lately, I almost wonder if I should give, you know, I should kick the tires over in that neck of the woods. I'm not sure. What are, what are the rest of y'all doing? Well, so there's a there's a company called Neva, and Neva is using AI for its uh, search. And uh, Leo Laporte turned me on to it, and I gave it a go. And I was supremely disappointed with uh, how it returned some results, because it was pulling from some sources that were let's just say less than reputable. And mm. given that, I kind of got turned off immediately by the idea of using AI as part of, at least AI to this level, uh, as part of the search results. I do like how I can do a Google search and there are three or four kind of 
question boxes at the top that I can tap on to disclose uh, information underneath. So if doing a search for answering a specific question, and then it, it suggests one of those, and I can go, oh, yeah, that's actually what I'm looking for. I find the answer, I can click on the web page and see more about it. That is great. So if we can get more of that, love it. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? I mean, my thoughts are duck, duck, no. <laughs> and me who? Um, I'm going to stick with Google. I One of the things that I actually think uh, makes me um, an excellent uh, person, that's really funny, but somebody, like one of the skills that I think I have that's really beneficial that I think many people our generation have learned is I have excellent Google foo. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really good at putting the right things into Google to get the information out. And I don't really want that to change. I find that my search experience has improved as I've gotten better at interacting with the search box itself as I've learned it. And I'm not sure how much I want it learning me because I, that feedback loop doesn't seem like it's going to be quite as helpful as we think it would be. I've gotten more and more frustrated with Google and I think with search overall. And I think for two reasons. One, there's kind of two distinct things that you want out of a search engine to my mind. One is I want the answer to this problem. I want to find a resource or I'm looking for this specific thing. And AI is actually fairly good at that. I think like honing in on like this specific thing that you're a piece of information that you're looking for. It has its problems as Micah pointed out. And I think, you know, we're not all the way there yet, but that is its strength is like, I need a canonical answer to this question. However, what search engines used to be better at, and I think I've, honestly gotten really bad at now is anything that is not currently topical especially in the case of like news because i will regularly go searching for things and think oh i heard something about this two years ago but if it's something that's also in the news recently or you know some terms that are related are in the news it is really hard to find and i've just gotten really annoyed um and maybe DuckDuckGo would be better at that but i kind of think in general the problem is proliferation of content on the web is just much harder to sift through so for me i i use google and i continue to use google but in general yeah it's it's gotten it's gotten worse is my opinion but thank you all for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from casey So in a similar vein, I've been curious, you know, there's all this talk about various things that you can do with artificial intelligence, particularly over the last six months or so. There's chatbots, there's image generators, there's all sorts of different various and sundry things. Are you doing anything with any of these? Is is any of this interesting to you? Like where, but more importantly, what are you doing with it? (laughs) Uh, Quit asking me questions, none of your business. I have done more with chatbots than anything else. Um, the image generators were fun for me for a little while, but I kind of stopped doing those after a while just because I, I ran out of reasons to use it. But as far as chatbots go, I have actually used it um, when I am struggling with some sort of uh, coding or scripting problem. And I know I'm close, but I'm trying to figure out what exactly I'm getting wrong. And I can pop in uh, a line and say, hey, what do you think might be going wrong here? And then getting some answers that help me go and do research to figure out what it is. So yeah, I've actually used it for work, um, which has been nice. uh, And it worked in that instance. But as far as asking it questions that I'm worried it'll get wrong, (laughs) I've avoided that. Brian, what about you? So I'm not really into the chatbot thing. I tried it. I was like, mm, okay, that's fine. I got bored. Um, but what I've used most was uh, Lenza. 
when Lenza first came out, oh, yeah. oh boy, did I have so much fun generating. I mean, I probably spent $50 on that app just like generating different pictures of myself. And it was really cool, uh, especially for me as a like a black fat person to see what the AI generated and to see, at least in my experience, um, I heard it was different for, for women, but like I got pictures of me that uh, just like portrayed me in ways that I have never seen myself in really positive ways without sort of conforming to like the stereotypes that exist in society which is really neat. And I'm just like, I'm not a person who takes a lot of pictures of myself. And so seeing that many pictures of myself was a really, really cool experience. Um, I've sort of gotten away from it, but I know that they do pets now and I have three new adorable dogs. Yay! And, <laughs> and so I feel like that is about to be my new thing where I'm just going to run <laughs> all of the hundreds of pictures that I've taken of them through Lensa. I don't, I don't have a lot of extra space in my life to like learn something new and especially with stable diffusion right now. Like there's a lot of tweaking you have to do if you're trying to like generate specific things or train things on yourself. And that's what I really like about Lensa. It's like literally, okay, I'll pay you, I'll pay you five dollars and forget about it well um i played around a little bit so i did use lenza a little bit i hadn't really played around with chat gpt but i saw uh casey's topic this morning and i actually came up as i was like doing some other stuff today i had an idea i was like oh this actually be a pretty good thing to try chat gpt for so i was i've been working on uh, a book and i wanted i was like oh you know i don't have a good title for this so i'm like can can chat gpt come up with a title for this book that i've been working on so i first asked it to come up with some titles just sort of very off the cuff like oh here's some other titles i thought about and it uh came up with uh, you know a few that were kind of generic but not bad uh and then i fed it the synopsis that i had already written of the book and had to come up with some titles and again there are a couple in there that weren't too shabby but nothing that was like oh that's a winner so i feel both Good and bad about it. I feel good because it hasn't totally replaced me in my ability to come up with creative work. But I also feel uh, a little bad because it's it's still pretty good. <laughs> and I feel like there, there will come a point where uh, it will be able to come up with these kinds of things. So there's some really impressive stuff there, but nothing that I've actually deployed into like a you know regular use sort of situation. Casey, why don't you wrap this one up for us? Yeah, so I haven't done much. Um... The uh, most I've done is with Diffusion B, which is an app that lets you run Stable Diffusion on your Mac. And I've used that a couple of times to kind of bake an iOS app icon if I'm just trying to get a placeholder for something that I'm working on. Um, the thing that I find most interesting, though, is I have only dabbled with this the teeniest bit, but ChatGPT is actually allegedly, and from the little that I've seen, it, it is true. Very, very good at taking a description of what you're trying to do and turning it into an FFmpeg command line incantation. Uh, FFmpeg is an app that you use, you know, in the terminal, and and it lets you uh, transform video and audio in basically infinite ways. And I'm honestly, I'm pretty good at doing this sort of thing, just you know, with commands just right off the top of my head. But there are times that I'm a little out of my depth, and I have tried a couple of times to describe. Oh, I'm trying to take, you know. The audio track from this from video one and the video track from video two and splice them every 10 minutes, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it has come up with either the correct or darn near the correct incantation for FFmpeg, which is just mm. bananas to me. And and so stuff like that I find to be fascinating and really promising. All right. That is two topics down, two topics left to go. But of course, it is halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by the good folks at ZocDoc. 
Look, you're trying to find a cause. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms, and you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole, and now you're more worried than before. There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not just random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience that you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, who take your insurance, available when you need them, and treat basically almost every condition under the sun. If you've ever searched on the internet for some health conditions and then, like me, gotten much more anxious because now you have read a bunch of things and you're thinking (laughs) about the worst-case scenario... It is better to consult a medical professional. So when you're not feeling your best and you're just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash clockwise and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash clockwise. ZocDoc.com slash clockwise. It's a hard URL to say, but it's an easy URL to type. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show and all of FM. All right. Halftime is over. Micah, what have you got for us? Yeah, so we think we had a brief mention of this. Um, Vice has a piece out talking about how voice actors are, in some cases, being asked when they do the work that they do to sign over uh, the rights for the company that they're working with to essentially AI digitize their voice. Uh, Right now, it's, you know, ostensibly for correcting things or making changes after the fact where they don't have to bring back the voice actor. Um, But the voice actors are saying it devalues their work. And it also means that they may not get hired in the future if they've signed over their rights. That's their concern, at least that, uh, that they would then not be hired in the future. So the question is very simple. Um, what are your thoughts? And Brian, we'll start with you. So I used to be an actor. Uh, that was what I did previously before I got into technology. And don't sign anything that gives away <laughs> your rights to things. Um, if you want my voice, then you're going to pay me very handsomely for the possibility of the future of using my voice. Now, I would be okay signing away the rights to my voice if I, if I received like guaranteed residuals at a certain high rate for the use of that voice comparable to what I would get if I was going to be performing live, maybe with like a 15% cut. Like I can see that idea Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, passive income is a wonderful thing. Um, And also I think that a lot of people who are interested in uh, performing are interested in doing the work of performing. And so I think that people should not be pressured to sign away the rights to their voices. And I think that there will always be something special about a live performance, about a real person doing something that is, that is very difficult to replicate. And there is something weird about sort of like, um, you know, we get right back into the what happens after somebody dies. And now we're automating voices from the dead. And that seems really weird and problematic. And also like the beginning of a terrible like ghost story or horror yes. movie. So, like, my answer is no. I don't think this is great. And I think if you do it, there needs to be one of the things that we see over and over again is how how quickly the technology runs away before we can put any sort of technical or ethical controls upon it. And I think this is one of those places where those technical, ethical, and legal controls are really important. 
a big ditto to everything Brian just said. Uh, absolutely do not sign away your rights for your voice. That just strikes me as something that is predatory, basically, for lack of a better term. I think there's useful and interesting stuff that can be done with this as technology, but I think the rights should absolutely remain in the hands of people. You should have the rights to your voice. If you want to license it in very specific conditions, I think that should be fine. But I think the the, the power should be in the hands of the people who have that resource that people want. Uh, so you shouldn't have corporations snapping up people's voices so they can do whatever they want with them. I've worked with audiobook uh, narrators in the past, and they are wonderful, talented people who, as Brian said, do this because... Because they really enjoy it mostly, not because like they're getting super rich off of it. Um, so, you know, don't make that life any harder on them by taking away their ability to make a living. I, I think it's something that we need to confront and deal with, but I'm I'm loath to let the people with the deepest pockets be the one who dictate the terms of how it gets used. Casey, what do you think? I mean, I, I echo what you what you all are saying. It seems gross to me um i did get quite a laugh that uh joe Steele in the chat points out this is the whole plot to the little mermaid which <laughs> that's true uh, but whoa uh, been around for a while <laughs> right um but no i i think this is super gross i can understand if there was a, a way to write a contract such that and, and i think this is what you were driving at dan you know oh we can repair oopses or you know do little tweaks here and there but I echo Brian that I think in, in all likelihood, the spirit of this is, oh, we just want to get, you know, initial recordings and then never have to talk to you again. And that's just not fair and not right. I mean, in this case, your voice and your time is your product. And to take that from you, it's just not fair. So that this gets a, a, a heck no from me. Yeah, it sounds like we're all on the same page for sure. Um, I would be comfortable and OK with signing something that said, and, you know, in, in incredibly specific terms and all checked out by my own lawyer that says, hey, if there are fixes that take um, that that amount to fewer than five seconds of my voice, you know, then you can use an AI version for this very specific thing and nothing else at all. I'm OK with those tiny fixes. Um I, I think that that is a clever thing in, in uh, being part of a team where if certain things aren't said correctly, um, we have to fix that because otherwise a sponsor would be upset. Um, seeing how much that brings production to a standstill and all of the work that goes into trying to then address that problem uh, that would be solved by just maybe one word being changed – that is where I think that that that's where I am okay with and interested in this potential AI fix. But as a whole, and to completely just reproduce someone's voice um, and and use it in the future, yeah, definitely not, definitely, definitely not. Uh, thank you all for your answers on that. Let us go to our next topic, which comes from Brian. All right, so it's Black History Month. Um, Ta-da! <laughs> um, here's my question for everybody. Um, we know about the underrepresented, underrepresented people in black people in tech, people of color in general. So my question for each of you is, who's your favorite black technologist that's active now and why? And let's start it off with you, Dan. Uh, well, can I, there's a little uh, connected technology science. Would science be uh, an acceptable realm? Because sure. uh, I would pick um, Mae Jemison, uh, who I've been a big fan of for years because I, I saw her growing up on Star Trek. She guest starred on Star Trek. 
And I later discovered that she had been, you know, the one of the first black uh, female astronaut in, in NASA and, and just had blazed all these trails. And I've still remained a big fan of her these days. I think she's uh, had a really big impact on, you know, science and astronomy and uh, space exploration and just being able to let people uh, of of a black background see themselves in a place like Star Trek in the future and also in space in real life, which I think is an incredible accomplishment. And I'll add on to that also uh, my other pick, which is, um, although he's he's not as active these days, but uh, Reggie Fils-Aimé uh, from Nintendo, yes. uh, who yes. I love. I thought he was a fantastic uh, president and CEO at Nintendo. And he also uh, is a, a alumni of Cornell University, where I went. So um, I've got to give him props for that, too. So, uh, you know, let me start by saying I really appreciated this question because when I read it, I thought, oh, huh, I'm not sure, which is messed up and and indicative of several, many problems, some of which are my own and some of which are not. But uh, after just a moment of thinking, I'm I'm glad to report I came up with a couple answers. Um, First of all, I don't know if he's still active, but Lonnie Johnson uh, is a person I'd found out about relatively recently in the last year or two. Um, you know this fellow because he invented the Super Soaker, which in and of itself is enough to be excited about. But he did that while he was at NASA or around the time he was at NASA. He worked on the stealth, either fighter or bomber, I forget off the top of my head. Like this man has done everything. And I think that's extremely cool. He also uh, really, really uh, advanced Nerf gun technology. And it may sound like I'm being flippant right now. I'm not like the Super Soaker changed my freaking childhood. It was amazing. This is, you know, a water gun that you could like. Uh, use pressurized air to squirt it, you know, instead of just going have having to go pew, 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 mm-hmm. pew. It was amazing. Um, so, uh, I, but I don't know if he's still active. So I wanted to also uh, give a shout out to, uh, and I forgive me, I might be mispronouncing their surname, but uh, TJ Usayan, uh, who I saw many years ago, give an incredible presentation at Layers. Um, they, they're a musician and also a software engineer, and they haven't been as active on Twitter and Mastodon as I as they used to be in years past, because uh, I've been I've been following TJ for a long time now, and that's a little bit of a bummer because I really enjoy their their work and their content. But um, they they are very very good at a lot of things that I'm not, <laughs> and so it's been really uh, interesting and fascinating for me to see you know what what they're interested in. Um, what their percept is perception of you know equality and tech and things like that are um, and just generally all of the stuff that that they they used to and occasionally still do tweet slash toot um, so yeah uh, TJU Cyan as well yeah so uh, back in my hometown not my hometown my home state uh, in St Louis Missouri there's a company called WWT Worldwide Technology and uh, we first learned about worldwide technology or I first learned about worldwide technology because they ended up becoming a sponsor on uh, the Twit Network and I hadn't heard about the company before I was like wait it's based in St Louis that's cool and I did research you know just to learn more about the company and uh, the chairman and founder of worldwide technology is a black man david stewart um he is i think at this point a multi-billionaire which we have our thoughts about billionaires for sure but what i do (laughs) think is awesome is the fact that like we're so used to seeing white folks in tech on the coasts make these big companies that are successful and so to know that in my home state of Missouri, which anytime you mention Missouri, it's like two things are said. One is um, 
I thought it was pronounced Missouri, and the other is oh, God, yeah. um, oh is that is that where the the uh, Super Bowl team won from? Uh, some some semblance of that, and so there's not a whole lot of uh, thought thrown towards Missouri. So to know that David Stewart was like, "Hey, this is what we're going to do, and it's going to be in St. Louis," uh, it, it just it just makes me happy. Oh, and also, um, I forgot that. Uh, Education, he went to Central Missouri State University, which again, like a state university to create this company that has earned uh, him millions of dollars, I think is is very impressive. So yeah, I, I got to give a shout out to David Stewart um, as far as living uh, black folks in tech. All right. So I have three because I am a glutton. Um <laughs> Uh, and we're going to start with uh, two people that I have become connected with and friends with on Twitter. And the first one is Angie Jones. Angie is currently uh, the VP, the Global VP of Developer Relations for TBD, which is Block's uh, business unit focused on decentralized technologies. I know Angie because Angie does a, like basically a Java 101 course and was, has been really supportive with me, to me as I was trying to learn Java myself. So um, Angie is a really amazing black woman who's out there as a master inventor and a teacher and an international keynote speaker. And she has done a ton of work on testing and test automation. And, you know, it's just a really incredible uh, person out there. Another person that I want to shout out is Jocelyn Harper, also known as Josie on uh, Twitter and or Java Witch. And she wrote, she is the host of the Get Cute podcast. And has also written a book called A Software Engineer's Guide to Seniority, A Guide to Technical Leadership, uh, which recently just had its uh, second printing. And Josie is also one of those people who's just an, an amazing black woman who just became a staff software engineer at the New York Times, which is, I just think, absolutely amazing. And is one of those people who's always willing to help, always willing to chat. And it's one of those, both what I love about Angie and Josie are both they're both black women who are black women in tech. They're not tech people who happen to be black women. Like, um, their blackness and being a woman is about, is, is, is part of who they are and they don't shy away from it. And they really have shown me the opportunities that exist in tech at senior levels for black people. And then the last person, because I can't bring this topic out up without shouting him out is our, is our very own Micah Sargent, uh the first <laughs> black producer on Twit. Um, and Twit is a, is a global network of tech podcasts and like Leo Laporte is synonymous with tech and Micah, you are making an impact every day for oh. black people who want to talk and commentate and learn and be out there talking about tech. And it's so important. And I just want to thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> thank you for bringing up and recognizing Micah, who is also a fantastic co-host. Um, all right, that is four topics down. We got just enough time for a bonus topic. But first, I want to tell you this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by How to Fix the Internet, an original podcast from the Electric Frontier Foundation. Look, sometimes it can feel like we're lurching towards a, a digital future that nobody wants, but it doesn't have to be that way. There are choices we can make to create an internet that makes a better future for all of us. 
Technologists and policymakers have real solutions to the problems facing our online world today, so we can build an internet that has all of the good things we want from tech with none of the creepy stuff. Your hosts are Cindy Cohn and Jason Kelly. Cindy is the executive director of the Electronic Frontier Foundation and has been in the trenches, the courtrooms, and the boardroom of tech activism for decades. Jason joins the show this season. He's a digital strategist and activist with EFF, where he focuses work on privacy, free speech, and surveillance. In each episode, Cindy and Jason invite someone with a vision on how to fix the internet, someone with real solutions on how to move the needle towards a better online world. This show will make you feel better about our digital future, be more knowledgeable about what needs fixing, and be more engaged to demand change. Episodes are available anywhere you listen to podcasts and at EFF.org slash podcast. I listened to an episode they did where they interviewed uh, Andrew Bunny Huang, who is a uh, hacker who basically did one of the first major books about hacking the Xbox and reverse engineering it. Uh, and he talked a lot about sort of the, you know, the challenges of dealing with closed systems like smartphones today and devices that are just a lot harder uh, to sort of get into the innards of, as well as the differing approaches to how we handle that here in the U.S. with legislation or the lack thereof, as opposed to how it's handled in a lot of places overseas. So uh, really interesting if you're into that kind of thing. Search for How to Fix the Internet in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Our thanks to How to Fix the Internet for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And now it's time for the bonus topic. My question for you is, do you have a favorite fruit? Casey. Yes, uh, I do. I think for something to eat raw, for my money, you can't beat a cantaloupe. I have mad respect for the pineapple because the whole time you are eating it, it is trying to eat you. And I just think (laughs) that is incredible to me. Oh my gosh. A SpongeBob is your best friend. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So for me, friends, it's got to be the pear. Uh, good choices all. I traditionally, I'm a big fan of the banana. If you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 per month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we talk about automotive tech. And with that, we have reached the end of this week's episode. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests this week. Casey Liss, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. And Brian Guffey, thank you so much for joining us this week. Always a pleasure. And Michael, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody out there listening, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.